0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that continues to celebrate the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. You know, I want when I think about Kosio, I want it to be I, I, I tell you how I want it to be thought about and how I think about it is a show that brings people together. That's why I recently I've talked so much about what Matthew McConaughey is doing in, in Austin. He's saying that we will never be able to come together on the political dimensions, that that's the way we're trying to come together, that what we really need to do is to find the values and the culture of our community and come together on those points. And I agree that way that, you know, if we're going to have disagreements politically, we can always be reminded about why, you know, why this is a special place, because people here can come together. And with that said, I want to share just a couple of quotes with you this morning. Rebecca Kramer, a really good friend. Uh, she works for the mayor of Gulfport. She shared this from Martin Luther King Jr. on social media. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. I wish more people would would see that and understand the essence of that. And this is from my friend Stacy Waldrop. Peace is not when everyone agrees. It is when we can respect our disagreements and still play in the sandbox together. Think about Coastal Mississippi being kind of a sandbox where we're all here together. We all share such an amazing culture and the values of this community together. And, uh, you know, there's going to be disagreements along the way, but, you know, we'll find our way, find our peace. Um, I think that's such an important message as we get into this new year and see what's happening on the political realm, hopefully we can eventually settle it down and people can get away from all the conspiracy theories and all of those things. Hey, we have a great show today. In the second half, we're going to talk to Leonard Papania, the former chief of police for the city of Gulfport, to find out what he's up to these days. And in the first uh, segment, we're going to be talking with Frank Bordeaux, who is a an insurance executive here in coastal Mississippi. He's active in the community, and he happens to also be the chairman of the Republican Party. So anyway, let me welcome Frank to Coastview. How are you doing this morning, buddy?
1: Very good. Thank you for having me on.
0: It's good It's good to see you. Um, it's always interesting to, s- to hear people's stories. Um, you grew up in Gulfport, and uh, you actually spent some time at Ship Island Excursions. We're, we'll come to all that in, in time. But were you born in Gulfport?
1: I was born in Gulfport, uh, Memorial Hospital. I grew up on 39th and 10th Street, where my... Fu- Father grew up. He's still there.
0: Wow that that's that's that is that is really cool. So uh you went to Gupport High and uh, you went to Delta State. I did. Uh, yeah. So is that the is that how you know Steve Azar?
1: It is not. Steve Azar uh, and I met through uh, Governor Reeves, actually.
0: Yeah. So you know we had him on the show yesterday. Steve is such a an incredible ambassador for state, is the state. as that you know he's the cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi, but as you know, but he, w- you know, even if he wasn't designated that, he'd still be that
1: he would still, still be. He has a heart of gold. He loves our state. I get so many uh, on, on a Saturday morning, I'll get the greatest text message of uh, how beautiful it is in the Delta. And he wants to know how beautiful it is on the coast. And so we have a great relationship and he truly, truly loves our state.
0: He really does. And uh, of course, you know, he, 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 he has a lot of uh, connections to Delta state and, is built this incredible recording studio there, and I mean it's one of the most state-of-the-art recording studios in the nation. And uh, you know it's great to see his story. We coming from Nashville, coming back to the Delta, and really coming to you know really coming to to a close grips with the thing that he loves so much about this state and being able to describe that to people. So I mentioned yesterday actually in the conversations that he's having with these wide range of people on in a Mississippi minute on Super Talk that he's always, no matter where they're from, he's always able to bring it back to Mississippi and his love of Mississippi is just incredible,
1: but it's good to see that give a little buzz for him. If you haven't heard his, uh, new, uh, music that he's doing with Cedric Burnside, it is amazing.
0: Yeah, it it really is. I I was told him yesterday, uh, cold water is the the name of the collaboration that he did. And, you know, if you hear the song, you know, that, you know, we're in cold water, it gets in your head. I mean, it's just such a great song. And he actually said that he and Cedric are going to do some more collaborations together as they go forward. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so when you got out of Delta State, what did you do? Well,
1: I came home. I came home early from Delta State. My mother got ill, and so uh, and I was very homesick. Obviously, Delta's a lot different than the coast, and so I came home, uh, took classes uh, down here at Mississippi Gulf Coast, and then William Carey. Uh, but I went to work for um, Peter Scameta, which was a complete life-changing deal for me. Uh, being out on the island, I actually lived on the island for several years. And, um, uh, and, but working with Captain Pete was just an amazing experience, unbelievable mentor to me, both spiritually and, and just teaching me that the, the uh, uh, you know, the importance of hard work and family and, uh, keeping the main thing the main thing. Uh, he was very similar to my father in that way that he worked hard and worked hard for his family. And, uh, Captain Pete reinforced that for me. And you talk about an amazing guy. He is the best of the best.
0: Yeah. L- Lewis and I had a really terrific Coast View session together. We talked about the the uh, contributions of the Scrametta family over so many years. And in fact, during the show, I actually suggested that Ship Island should be renamed Scrametta Island. <laughs> Next you, question. And, and my wife is Croatian. And you know, as, as you know, they're Croatian. And the Croatian influence in coastal Mississippi has been incredible, but their love of the barrier islands and specifically ship Island and what they've been able to do over the many years to connect the coast to that incredible Island um, man. I mean, that's a, that's a legacy, isn't it?
1: It is. It's an amazing legacy. They're having obviously tough times like a lot of folks with COVID uh, this year. They've had a tough few years between hurricanes and and uh, oil spills and, and COVID, and, uh, but they'll see their way through it. They always do. Uh, they're a hardworking family, and they're very close. So uh, uh, if anybody can pull it out, they'll pull it out.
0: So it's interesting. You ultimately landed in the insurance business, but you actually spent some time dealing with uh, low-cost, resilient building solutions for a, for a South Dakota-based company, but that actually played out after Katrina. That actually helped you immensely in your insurance work, didn't it? It
1: did. I mean, it was, uh, I I was always, it taught me the sales business. It was, uh, you know, then it was very difficult to get around, as you know, after Katrina. And so between going from New Orleans to Mobile uh, and selling this product, and uh, I remember having to go across the ferry uh, to Bay St. Louis several days on the, uh, on the, the ferry boat there. Uh, selling the product. And so, and then I was at a baseball game, a Gulf War High baseball game, and Joe Beatty said, Hey, you got to uh, come work at, with us at the insurance industry. And I was actually worked for Fox Everett for Ron Myrick, another great mentor of mine, when I was in high school. And so I was familiar with the industry and knew how great the industry could be. And so when I met with Shorty Sneed and Wayne Tisdale, two, uh, two more great mentors of mine, uh, and, and I just kind of fell in love with the agency. It's a great place to work, very supportive of their employees and um, and we are uh, uh, we have built this agency from Gulfport, Mississippi to now thirteen states, one of the largest regional agencies in the country
0: that that's super impressive. Incidentally, uh, I had a terrific visit with Shorty uh, Sneed at Coastview Session where we talked about his daughter and the legacy she left and his connection to family and what his son's up to these days. And Shorty, man, what a, I could, but not only is he a great leader just in the insurance community, but he's a great character, isn't he?
1: He is. Oh, he, he's fantastic. Shorty is uh, one of the kind. There's no question about that, but he, uh, he, he taught me to, you know, one story that I tell about shorty is we were in Washington, DC working on flood insurance. And it was right after the Bicker waters bill passed. The flood insurance was about to go sky high. And we were meeting with senator cochran and, and uh senator wicker we it, Senators from all over the country, big folks and um we got back to the office late that night and both he and I both had uh, a lot of work to do and uh the the uh, custodian came in to clean the office and I remember that he knew the custodians children's names he asked about their children he treated them with the same uh uh spirit and the same uh, respect that he did these huge senators that we were just meeting with. And that's the kind of guy he is. You know, everybody was important to Shorty.
0: There's so much to unwrap about your community service. Um, There's one thing I'll, I'll point out here in just a second, but where did you get your sense of giving back to the community? Where did that come from?
1: Well, I think my parents, obviously, instilled that my mother was, always volunteering for PTA. She worked hard to make sure that kindergarten, uh, she, she went to Jackson and fought hard to make sure I was actually in the first kindergarten pilot program, uh, uh, for public school at the time. And she worked hard for that. Uh, and so I think my parents put a lot of that into me. My wife has the same intensity for our community as uh, I do. And so uh, she really pushes me and I really push her and so I have a great partner as far as that's concerned.
0: Yeah, it takes I feel the same way about my wife. It takes tremendous commitment from the family to, to work a full time job that you can probably work overtime a lot and then also giving back to the community. It it takes a team effort to really pull that off. You know, you you've done a you've done a lot, but there's one that I really want to focus on when we come back from the break is you were the 2019 recipient, recipient of the John Harrell Spirit of Education Award. And John, as you well know, because you go to church, went to church with this, or still go to church with this family, um, such a dear friend of mine, and he passed away recently. Um, but I want to talk about that award, and we'll chat about John for just a second as well. So this is uh, Frank Bordeaux, and we'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to Coastview. We have Frank Bordeaux with us today. He is an insurance executive in coastal Mississippi, He's super active in the community, and he happens to be the chairman of the Mississippi Republican Party, which we'll come to in just a second. But before we went to break, we were I mentioned that you were the, the 2019 recipient of the John Herald Education Award. And, um, you know, let's, let's speak for a second about John and then your commitment to education. But first, John, what, what did what did John mean to you, Frank?
1: man I, John meant anybody that knew John knew that he loved our community he loved Guport but he loved the entire coast and uh, as we were talking about in the break I mean his faith I go to church with him or his family his faith is uh, uh, unbelievable he's gave so much to our church but he also gave so much to Lynn Meadows and in the history of guport he would dress in character to to uh, uh, to show the history of our community Community, but he also loved the school district very much in Gulfport, and he committed himself to uh, uh, Gulfport schools. And so, he's going to be a huge loss uh, and a huge void for our community.
0: I I can't agree more. What an amazing leader he was. Um, So, but you uh, in 2019, you received the John Harrell Spirit of Education Award. Tell me about that. What what did you do, and what does education mean to you?
1: Well, it was a huge surprise. First of all, I didn't know. Uh, you know, that I was receiving the award. And so, and it was a huge honor for me to receive that award and one, one of the proudest uh, accomplishments I've uh, I've received. Uh, I w- try to work as hard as I can in our public school district. Uh, uh, you know, when we did the bond issue, I, I worked hard, my family and I worked hard on the, the bond issue and th- that was the first bond issue to pass uh, after 2008 nationally. They said we couldn't do it. And we, we actually won by the highest percentage of any bond issue in the state of Mississippi, and John had a lot to do with that as well. And so uh, I believe in public education, and, uh, you know, I did not graduate from a major university, and so I'm not putting a lot of my efforts and time into uh, contributing to Mississippi State or Ole Miss, but I do put a lot of effort and time into contributing to uh, Gulfport schools and public schools across the coast.
0: Well, that's great to hear, you know, and, you know, I often say on the show that we're we're blessed in coastal Mississippi because we have so many leaders who are willing to find their niche and define themselves in the community in that way. And, you know, you're just one more example of that. So has politics always sort of been in your blood?
1: It has, you know, uh, since I was a little kid, I don't know if it was watching um uh, uh, family ties uh, and Michael P. Keaton on, on family ties or what it was as a child. But, uh, my aunt actually took me to the New Dell Champs on Pass Road when I was a young child, handing out uh, push cards for Reagan, uh, Bush as a very young child. And I've always been very committed to uh, politics, interested in politics. A lot of folks have hobbies, baseball, or, or I did play baseball, but, uh, golf or tennis or fishing. My hobby is, uh, uh, uh politics. My Super Bowl is election day.
0: So, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great, that's a great way to say it. You know, this show is not about politics. <clears throat> we, uh, I, I'm trying to bring people together and this is one of the most divided moments in our, in our nation's history. How, how do you, when you think about this moment we're in and the division that you are witnessing, how do you think about it? What, what, what's on your mind?
1: Well, I think back, you know, and I've had this conversation with a lot of my friends. We we were a divided country after George W. Bush. We were a divided country after uh, President Obama. The American people do have a way to pull themselves together. One of the difficulties now is the social media aspect, and it kind of compounds. I'm not sure we're as, we're as divided as folks like to say we are. I don't believe that 75 million folks that went out and voted for President Trump this time uh or the the five hundred people that rated the capital on the sixth do not represent that seventy five million. And the eighty million folks that voted for uh President Biden, I don't believe that those people are, are represented by the far left that you see that are so toxic. You know, both sides have a toxic element, but we're seeing that side of it because they compound it in the media, they compound it in social media. And um, and so it leaves all of us in the middle believing it's a whole lot worse than what
0: it is. Well, you've got Democrat friends, as I do, too. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, some of them might be super liberal, but but most of the ones that I talk to are somewhere in the middle. That's right. If I describe my politics, I'm in the middle. I'm not over. far right, And there's some policies that are involved in a Democratic agenda that that don't seem so bad to me. But as you and I were talking about online, I think a lot of Americans are in the middle. And I agree with you. I think that's why when I express sort of my point of view to friends who need it, who, who need to hear some reasonable point of view because they're really kind of wrapped up in the conspiracy theories. I believe because of what you and I are talking about tonight, today as it relates to most people being somewhere in the middle, um, is that, you know, that's why our democracy is, is safe. I, I think, you know, there there are fringe elements that are are working to define our parties in specific ways, but I think the majority of Americans are not going to allow themselves to be defined. And I do think that we will find we will find our common ground at some point in the future. It's just this is a difficult time in America's history. But you do too, don't you? Don't you see that things will eventually calm down and we can uh, we can start getting about the business of, of debating the ideas again?
1: No question. I, I truly hope so, and. You know, one thing that uh, I was with Commissioner Tyndall yesterday for lunch and we were talking about some of the things we're talking about right now. And one thing that we're proud of in Mississippi is over 2020, when you saw saw so much civil unrest across this country, you didn't see it in Mississippi. You saw truly peaceful protests. And over this this past week, when we talked about capitals being raided and and things of that nature, we didn't see any of that in Mississippi at our capital. And so. Uh, I think that we have a lot to be proud of in Mississippi. We may have a whole lot that we can teach other places in the rest of the country. And so uh, but I do believe that our country will come back together. We've we've gone through difficult times. And um, I, I believe that it, in short order, I believe that our country will be back together.
0: So where in the short time we have today, when you think about the Republican Party, where do you see it going from here?
1: I see the Republican Party as, you know, a lot of people, the presidential uh, election um, really has kind of taken all the the air out of the Republican Party. And uh, there's a lot of negative light. But if you look at all the down tickets across the country, we were able to gain seats in the House. We were able to gain state um, houses, uh, state governors. And so we had a very successful Election cycle in November, and I I see that continuing. I was at the uh, winter RNC meeting here recently, and they thought that there was going to be fights on the floor over the election of the co-chair and, and, and treasurer. It just didn't happen. Everybody got uh, the, the the folks that got elected got elected on the first round overwhelmingly. So I think there's a tr- good true consensus within the Republican Party, and I think that we have a future. I think that we have to continue to reach out to uh minority communities we saw large gains in minority communities and um we have to k- continue to keep our message our message and that is less government less regulation and uh working hard for the american people
0: i was watching some videos this morning there was a, the uh, the global tech conference was take took place recently by the by the consumer technology association and where they look at technology around the world but it was really interesting i mean so i'll share some of these trends in, in an upcoming show but one of the things that they noted and and i mean this is a show about technology is that the whole notion of diversity and inclusion is not just a united states trend it's a worldwide trend and you know maybe it's consciousness or whatever has been woken do you think that the republican party and you talked about the gains Do you think that they can truly embody this whole notion of diversity and inclusion?
1: I think that our policies allow for it. Our policies, uh, I I believe, and I know this isn't a political show, but if you look at the values of the National Democrat Party, especially here in Mississippi, they don't represent the values of the average Mississippian, regardless of what color they are or what neighborhood they come from. I believe if we continue to offer more money to, to our folks and less taxes, less regulation and really working hard towards gains for all America, or all Mississippians in education that, that, if we can, if we continue on that track, we'll be successful and grow in, in growing our party for everybody.
0: I, I wrote earlier in the year that I believed Trump was going to get reelected. And the reason I felt that is because in spite of the fact that he had issues, which we won't go into now, um, that policy mattered. Unfortunately, as we got toward the end of the year, the pandemic and then the racial injustice issues and all that—it kind of, you know, you know. Then, then, then we saw the more recent events that kind of took care of themselves. But, but the thing is, policy does matter. And, uh, you know, I, I can't—I would literally covet the moment when, when we can get back to a point in America where we we don't hate each other, where we can respect each other like I do my friends who disagree with me and, and debate specific issues and fi- we'll find our common ground we'll find our disagreements but I do I do covet the time we, we can get back there again. We're out of time. Final thoughts, Frank.
1: Well I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate what y'all do on the show to, to highlight the great things that are going on along the coast we have a great future uh, we have great elected officials down here we have great community leaders and so I'm just proud to do my little part uh down here on the case
0: well it was a pleasure to spend some time with you this has been frank Bordeaux, and when we come back we'll have leonard papania Casting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.